So if I were to ask you the question, how do you define, how would you define prayer? Um, what would you say? Go ahead. Talking to God. Anything else? How do you define prayer? Ongoing and any time, any, yeah. What's some other elements? Uh, define prayer. Concerns, praises of bringing to God what's on your heart, um, your needs, other people's needs. Take one more. Compassionate. I heard compassion, compassionate prayer. Absolutely. These are all good answers. I mean, these are all included. I think that sometimes we can take for granted the vehicle of prayer, the awesome power of not our prayers, but God hearing our prayers because God is all-powerful. And so where's the power? Through praying because God is, is, wants to respond. Because we pray, he, is, he, he's, he, he will respond. Uh, God, I think, limits himself to a degree to prayer. If my people will pray, he says in, in, in the Old Testament, if my people will pray, humble themselves, seek my faith, then I will hear. Then I will hear from heaven. I will heal. I will forgive their sin. And so there's absolutely, prayer has, has, has been from the beginning. As you know the story, Adam and Eve walked in the, in, the, in the garden. They were in the garden of paradise in the beginning. It was perfect before sin came along. And, and, and it says that God came down and he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He, he talked with them. He fellowship. He, he, they, 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 in our terminology today, it was like hanging out. Well, it was more than hanging out because it was just the great God of all, all time. The only God was, was in, the, in the place. You see what? I really think that when God shows up, when that, can be in, <laughs> that can be in our innermost being. God shows up and he wells up that our, 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 our man, our spiritual man, our spiritual person uh, begins to sense that and want to respond to that. We have all been created to worship God. And if we don't worship God, then what? We, we tend to worship stuff or other things, other gods. So Jesus was talking, and I'm going to stem from his, his conversation, his instruction, after he had spent um, some time about the Beatitudes. Matthew 5 is where that is. 
he spent some time on blessed are those and blessed are the, the poor for they yeah, shall be uh, you know filled, satisfied. Blessed are those. He, he spent some time about what it was to be a peacemaker. He spent some time about letting your light shine. And he gets down to uh, verse 21. And actually, let me skip a little bit here. He talked about his brother and relationship and had some strong words as far as for someone that hates his brother is guilty enough for the, the fiery uh, hell, it says here in Scripture. It has a matter of the heart. And then he gets to uh, some of the laws. <clears throat> some of the this is a sermon on the mount, and some of the laws of the kingdom are there. And he gets to the sixth to the sixth chapter, and he talks about giving. At the first part of the chapter, let your don't let your right arm see what your left arm is. And in essence, to sum it all up, that portion of scripture is God sees people doing things that are that are in secret and some of the best ways to touch God's heart is giving without nobody else knowing about it serving and nobody else has to know about God sees a servant's heart and so he's kind of on that theme yet of doing things and giving in secret and then he gets to when you pray verse 5 and this is where I want to pick it up and focus a bit today on prayer itself and then we're going to pray at the end of the service. We're going to ask God for things that maybe you're concerned about. Maybe there's some things you would love God to clear up in your, in your physical body or just stuff that is going on that you just need to come into the Lord. So number one, uh, Jesus expects us to pray. And so how do we know that? Well, he seems to. We, we seem to pick up on the, as we read this, and when you pray, it wasn't that, he didn't say, if you pray, right? It is when, prayer for the believer, for the Christian, is, it, it actually is just as normal, it ought to be just as normal as a person who's breathing, right? And, and we, in essence, and it just spiritualize it. Prayer... Is, is so much. We don't have to make it harder than it is. It's hard work. Why is it hard work? Because I, I really personally think the devil wants to stop us and distract us from any time, anything that he can. Just keep us from, if he can keep the Christian from praying, he knows that he's going to hold, going to you know, dampen, dampen their outreach, dampen their whole spiritual demeanor, uh, take away their joy if he can, kind of dim their light, so to speak. And so we, we've got to be a guard for this. When you pray, Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, we, we know that there's no hypocrites in this church, and I honestly believe there isn't any hypocrites here. And But Jesus had, had a few of them guys that would be uh, considered hypocritical. What it, and you, you are, I'm sure you know who we are referring to. The Pharisees became very religious, but they not only would jump on people for not keeping the law, they wouldn't keep it themselves, and they kind of hush-hush that, hide that under the, uh, under the rug, so to speak. But that, 
God could see right through them. We can never fake praying. We can never fake ourselves to God. We can never, we, 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 can, we can fake ourselves and maybe uh, trick people or, or get people to believe we're such and such a way. But we know God knows our heart probably more than we know our hearts. And so what Jesus is saying, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners in order to be seen by men. So number one, uh, Jesus expects us to pray, but we're not going to pray to be to seen, be seen by others. A heart that just wants to be in the presence of God. In fact, he says this. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will repay you. And just see the picture. In your inner room, in your place, maybe it's your bedroom, maybe it's, a, maybe it's your vehicle you're driving to work, maybe it's... Maybe it's your place somewhere in the house. Maybe it's a place outside. Maybe not in the winter, but maybe in the summer. Maybe it's by the lake. Maybe it's, it, it, it all boils down to what is, how can we get alone with God? And I will guarantee when you, when you make the attempt to get alone with God, stuff will happen. The phone will ring. The the stuff will, you know, distract you. Someone will say, I have this, you know, this. always, there's, there's always, always something of what, of somewhat of an excuse that we can come up with. We have to fight for that time to keep with God. Sometimes it's the season of life. I understand we went through the season, you know, the diaper season, you know, the toddler season. These are tough years when it comes to finding a, a quiet corner anywhere. Right, Phil Darby? Yeah. But you'll get through it and just do the best you can. Sometimes prayer is in quick grab here, grab there as you're going. If you can't get a quiet time, maybe your time is early morning. Maybe it's not an early morning person. Maybe your time is evening or in the middle of the night. For me, I'd rather pray in the morning or toward the evening. But I do pray even as I go. And I like Charlene's answer because it's converse ongoing. How many recognize that you're talking to God? You almost... Felt like if someone heard you, you think you were a little bit strange, right? Come on. You were talking to God a little bit out loud. Maybe just a, you were talking to God and you were alone and you didn't know anyone was listening. So it didn't matter. But if someone heard you, you'd feel, well, a little bit. Mm, that's okay. God loves all prayers and especially a heart that is absolutely just open, honest, compassionate, like the word you used, Derek, compassion. What, what a great 
attitude. So there's three things I'm going to talk briefly about. I, I open up the first one. Jesus expects us to pray. And then I'll just to touch a little bit on earnest prayer. I'm stemming from James where Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. Then he prayed that it would rain. And he prayer of, a, of earnest prayer. What is earnest prayer? And then expectant prayer, meaning that you're, after you pray, you're just going to expect God to do something. God will do it in his timing. You're just expecting. And we'll talk a bit about it. When you pray, first of all, Jesus expects you to pray. Jesus is waiting for us to come. God, the Father, is waiting for us to come. He is longing for us to come to him. He wants us to come. He invites us to come. He has a place in all the peoples of the whole world. This blows my mind. He still can hear your prayer and wants to hear your prayer. He wants your heart. He wants to move in you. He wants to see, have you seek him out for who he is. How did Jesus know when the woman that pressed through the crowd who had the affliction in her body, and she, Jesus said, who touched me? What was that? Obviously, there was a crowd of people. Uh, people were thronging around Jesus and bumping into him and wanting something from what Jesus knew, something happened. This woman was desperate. She was determined to get through the stuff, the crowd, the distraction. It would pay off if she could only touch the hem of his garment. Friends, it, we are, are, are to be in such a place that we cannot live without our time with God. We can exist, right? We can kind of make it through, drag ourselves through it, but it's really not the life that God has for us, is it? It's not the abundant life that Jesus talked about when we are connected to the vine. And his presence, his power, our is the Holy Spirit is a quickening is a word that we use, an awakening, so to speak, an alertness, a sensitivity that we are not only living for ourselves, but we are living for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that when we walk, we walk not in our own strength. Go into your inner room and shut the door. And pray to your God and seek. What a great way to live. You see, it's the quiet place with God. That's the secret of your, of, your, of your power. Jesus knew it himself, right? He would often slip away from the crowd. And he would go to a favorite spot. Often it was a Garden of Gethsemane and that, that area around there. Uh, Mount of Olives, and he would he would sit. He would. Scripture said he would often slip to the wilderness. A wilderness to you and I here is different than wilderness that it was in the eastern country. But it's still the the, the idea is to get alone, get in a place. And sometimes some of the best times have been when you and God alone have communed. 
and God has spoken to you or whispered something in your spirit or given you a dream or given you a vision or a hope that you would not otherwise have. That is God. That is God infusing you. That was what he called the early church to do, didn't he? To stay in Jerusalem till you're, you're endued with power from on high. And so we move into this Jesus expecting us to pray, wanting us to pray, uh, looking for us to come to him. As he said, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. There is an invitation from the, the words of Isaiah. that says, ho, everyone who is thirsty. You don't have to have money. You can come as you are. You, you have what you have need of. And so secondly is earnest, earnestly. How does this, how does this explain? What does this look like? It's something that we cannot fake. It's something that we sometimes have, I believe, to pray through for a, a bit. Um, sort of like get the cobwebs out of the, out of the, out of the minds, get, get the distractions, put things aside, press through uh, the the things that you're that, that are on the schedule uh, when you're praying sometimes if you're like me there'll be a, uh, be something that oh I got to do this but uh, that can wait now what's important I'm I'm pressing in I'm battling I'm earnestly seeking pressing in and this was what the the, the early church people uh, learned how to do when they waited for 10 days to the power of the Holy Spirit. They prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and didn't know what was going to happen, but they just were waiting on God because they knew that there, there was a promise that Jesus said the power of the Holy Spirit's going to come, and everyone's going to be filled with this power to go out and witness. And so the attitude of earnestness, James said, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Did you know that Elijah was absolutely human? And how do you know that? Often we hear when we read about Elijah, he was just a man of God. He great things that fire would come down at one time. He consumed the sacrifice. The other guys were calling on Baal. And nothing was happening. Elijah just breathes a little prayer and fire comes out of heaven and consumes. But read on. Elijah was human. He felt depressed because he felt like he was the only one left out of the whole nation. And he got so depressed that he went into a cave and he, he laid down and he wanted to die. For some reason, I believe it was an attack from the enemy because Elijah knew the God the living God, but God didn't give up on him. You see, Elijah had a nature like us. He had a fallen nature. He had a sinful nature. He was also in need of a Savior. Just because God used him did not make him exempt from being tempted by sin. He was also a sinner. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but we need the Savior. That's why we need the Savior. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and when he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain, uh, and then the earth was dry for three years, six months. And he prayed again, and he, the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. How many remember the Mark Batterson book called The Circle Maker? If you read that, yeah. 
what you may remember about that, we had Mark used a legendary guy by the name of Hody. Uh, lived in the first century, was a man of God, not in the scriptures, but he was a man of God who prayed. And they were going through severe drought during the time. And this man, Honey, would he took his staff and he drew a circle. And, uh, you know, I'm just envisioning a, a circle so big. He stands in that circle and he prays to God, I'm not going to move from this circle until you send down rain. Wow. What a, what a, person that was uh, persevering, earnest. He, he meant business with God. Can you, th- how powerful is prayer when it's, when there's a broken spirited man or woman who's broken over the things that concern God? Think about this for a moment. What is God's, probably his, one of his things that break him the most is rejection, unbelief, or they've never had a chance to hear. And when a person who is in the faith lifts up the names of other people, neighbors, friends, relatives, and begins to stand in the gap and say, God, I am lifting these people to you because they're not saved. They're not ready for heaven yet. But you're the only one that can save them. Will you do what it takes? Will you send people into the line? Will you do make circumstances somehow will turn their hearts and their attention to you? How do you think God will respond to that? Because that is his heart. That is his heart he, that he breathed, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So when Mark wrote this book about the circle maker, he, he applied it to this. Whatever is concerning you, if you have loved ones, for example, if you have things that are going on, concerns, you need to draw a circle basically in your heart, or in your mind, draw that circle and begin to offer your prayers to God and begin to believe God, which leads us into expectation. Do we really believe when we pray that God hears us? And if God hears us, that he will do according to his will. A quote from, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of John Bunyan, but he's not related to Paul Bunyan, of course. And <laughs> this is one of the early pioneers, as we would know in our time, sort of in the, in the, later on in the history of the church. He was a man of God. He was a man of prayer. And he, he, he quotes, he, I found a quote from him. It says, in prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. I thought that's, that's catchy. That, that's good. That's what Jesus was referring to uh, when the hypocrites would love to stand and be seen and be eloquent in their words. You know what? God is not impressed by words, right? God is not impressed by eloquency. He is impressed when there's a broken-hearted man that says, Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. When the men, two men came to the altar, remember Jesus told the story. One man came and said, Oh, I'm glad I'm not like that man over there. Wow, he's, a, he's terrible. 
repeats himself on the breast. I thank God I'm just, you know, perfect. No, 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 no. The one who said, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the, uh, that's the attitude. That's the earnestness. That's the recognition that we cannot do anything. Expectant prayer. Really, I'm, I'm bouncing over a chapter now, a seventh chapter. And he says, ask and it shall be given to you. And seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Now, let me help you understand. Do you think that if we all ask for a million dollars, that God would just surely give it to us? I mean, we like that, right? With the understanding, when you read verses like, ask anything, we have to tie in a whole scripture, all their scriptures. In First John, he says, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, if you were to ask God for a million dollars so that you could spend it on missions, go for it. <laughs> go for it. If you have the faith to believe God for that, go for it. Or less, whatever, whatever you feel. Well, let me just read. I found this little story uh, that I thought might get the message a little more across when it has to do when we pray and expect. Do we pray with expectation or we just pray because, well, we hope, I hope it'll turn out. There's a story about a, a time when a, uh, a great Scotch preacher prayed in the morning service for rain. He went to church in the afternoon, and his daughter said, Here's the umbrella, Papa. And he goes, What do we need that for? He asked. You prayed for rain this morning. Don't you expect God to send? His daughters replied. They carried the umbrella, and while they came home, they were uh, glad to take shelter under, under it from the drenching storm. Such should be our faith when we pray, just like that little child with no doubt and expecting an answer. I love how childlike faith Jesus acknowledged, remember? Unless we become like one of these, when remember, this, remember the disciples were concerned about the children bothering Jesus, in fact, Jesus said these are the ones in whom we can actually learn from. When you think of a childlike faith, they trust. They ought to be able to trust their parents, those that are leading them. A childlike faith is a dependency. Well, my father will take care of that. A childlike faith, realizing that when they go to their father or their mother, they know, or grandmother or grandfather, that they know that it'll be a safe place. 
and they will we come to you know we come to expect things and just for example my mother-in-law makes pies that are to die for <laughs> some of you are, have great cooking skills and on the farm at the Martin farm we just kind of expect that we just kind of have come to that's just what happens. That's what she does. And I don't know about you, Philip, but it's, it's, it's a treat, right? It's a treat. You see, expectation sometimes can be taken for granted. If that person is no longer there anymore, and then you realize, oh, wow, we were so blessed, and we didn't even realize it. When we come to God in prayer, we begin to develop this relationship with him that we are absolutely content whatever God wants. If he doesn't come through the way we prayed, we've learned, you know, there's a timing in all this. There's a timing. Oftentimes there's a timing. But sometimes God is working in the prayer. Now listen to me. In the prayer as much as he is in the prayer. God wants to work in the person praying. Develop your prayer life. To press through. To be perseverant. Not to give up. You know there's stories in the Bible that people who prayed, prayed and didn't give up. And it paid off. It persevered. We've all heard the phrase, the battle is not only won by prayer, the battle is prayer. The battle is the pr in the praying. And so, could we come to expect that when we pray that he is there, he is there to hear us.